Welcome to TA1, everything you wanted to know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, legendary Randy Erickson, here with my co-host tonight, Jimmy Lee and Stevie. So when you hear the birds in the background, that's what it is. Uh, today's guest is Mary Chandler, just home from Expedition Africa, like 12 hours home. Uh, we tried to we tried to do this while she was still uh, still at the race, but uh, basically they had one room with Wi-Fi and like 40 teams in there trying to trying to use it. So um, remarkably, she was not very jet lagged, <laughs> which testament to adventure racers, I guess. So um, we talk about the race, uh, her career, what's coming up, and just uh, you know the drill. We kind of go everywhere. So. Um, when you're listening to this, I'm about a week out from heading to Untamed New England. Thought I'd let you know a little bit about our coverage at the race there. So um, I don't have any links yet for this, but Tuesday afternoon we are going to have a live symposium with five or six uh, racers. Um, we'll be streaming it. The plan is it's going to be... Uh, a video stream uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed on that um, I'll also if you can't get a chance to listen to that I'll put that up um, as a podcast extra so that should be pretty good uh, during the race we'll be doing a lot of uh, daily stuff video pictures um, I will be posting to my SoundCloud page um, the best way is just go to Untamed New England and uh, follow their live link because everything will be pulled into there. That and uh, breathemagazine.com on their flash blog. Thanks to Joel and the crew up there in Canada. So um, I think you'll have some, some pretty good coverage of that. There's a, there's a couple of things also that we're not going to talk about just yet. That's called the teaser in the business. So uh, check out the... Uh, Check out the coverage when we get going at Untamed New England. And don't forget uh, Cops for a Cause, their raffle of the Alpaca Pack Raft. Um, you still have, an, well, they're giving away this Tuesday. What's that? That's the uh, 12th? No, no, like the 9th, 10th. Um, so you still have a chance to enter. Go to their page. I'll put a link up there and order. You know, you just buy a raffle ticket. If you're going to the race, it'll be there. If you're not going to the race, they will ship it to you. It's a really nice raft, like $900 alpaca pack raft. So something you might like to win. Well, once again, if you get a chance, go to iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. If you only want to give one star, don't go. Um, you can also follow the podcast at uh, adventureworld.podomatic.com. Um, and then also you can always uh, send a PayPal little donation if you want to uh, legendaryrandyericksonfilms at gmail.com. Other than that, I guess we are ready for our conversation with Mary. Um, I just really thank her again for, uh, you know, putting up with me in her jet lag state, although she did say she was going to go for a bike ride, so I guess she probably wasn't too bad, so enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Hello. Is that you, Mary? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sorry, I'm feeling a bit retarded right now. <laughs> that's that's fine. I had another interview a uh, half hour, an hour ago, and I couldn't get any... He could hear me. I could see him. It was recording, but I couldn't hear. And it took me forever to find a workaround. So, uh, I figured it was an easy thing to download, but I just couldn't find an account set up. So I'm sure I'll sort it out later. Well, you know, and it's always, yeah, you never do it when you got an hour to sit there, and then it goes perfectly, right? 
Oh, right. Exactly. Yeah. My yeah. fault for waiting 10 minutes till. <laughs> uh, well, you're also just like back from 10 days of intenseness. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yep. Yeah. My uh, clock's a little out of whack here. I woke up at one o'clock in the morning wide awake because it's like, you know, 10 a.m. in Africa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. So there. Well, actually, this sounds good. So. Okay, good. It'll it'll be better than Mike Closures because he was sitting in a under the speaker in an airport. <laughs> so <laughs> anything's got to be better than that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a little little nuts. So, uh, so congratulations! It's a great Thank race you. you guys had. So thanks a lot. Um, when you guys are racing, do you realize how many people are, especially in the U.S., are looking and watching and rooting for you? <laughs> No, we really have no idea, but, you know, we, we make comments along the way, like when we uh, we made a mistake in the beginning, so we got behind, like, I don't know, 20 teams, and then we started passing everybody, and the next thing we know, we're, like, in third, and we're, like, battling it out, and we're like, man, I hope people are watching our GPS tracker right now, because <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we try and entertain, but, uh, but, yeah, we really have no idea until we finish, and then you see you know, all the messages and, and, um, you know, everybody who followed and Facebook basically blows up and, um, it's pretty, it's pretty fun to check in after a race and see how excited everybody was during, during the fact. Yeah. So does that, um, I suppose that's kind of cool. Then you can, you sit back and you think, okay, this is what we were doing. And all these people, you know, at this moment that probably helps you remember the race a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's funny how specific some people are literally, you know, it depends on the race and, and what their website coverage is, but which um, Exhibition Africa has a fantastic one, um, so it's very easy to follow. But, like, a lot of people were commenting on our route choices and how we went one way and Silva went another way, and I just thought that was pretty cool that they were getting that into it um, to see what we were doing versus another team. And, um, and you know, when we made up our grounds or if we stopped to sleep for an hour, you know, um, it's pretty funny to, to read through comments later and, and see how well people are following. Yeah, it, it's pretty amazing. So, um, well, let's, let's start with the bad part of the race and then we'll get into the good part. How's that? How, <laughs> so, so how is, I don't know if you know this, but apparently Garrett's my man crush. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Well, I put together a series, like I called it my 50, 50 favorite photos of night of 2013. And he uh-huh. was he was in three of them. So, <laughs> so well, he is very photogenic. So there's no surprise there. That's true. So, um, tell us what happened and how he's, how is he doing now? Um, you know, on the first big trek we had, he had he had made a comment that he was feeling kind of crappy. So we switched some things around and kind of lightened his pack, and and he seemed to feel better, and you know he could keep up just fine. But he's he just doesn't complain. So. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew he wasn't at his top, you know, feeling the best, but without, you know, he could still keep up and everything was fine. I don't think it really occurred to us how bad he was until going into, we, we slept an hour in the last TA and basically there was just, he just was kind of moving slow. And even, you know, as soon as we left the gates, uh, you know, he just had a hard time on the bike. So we just immediately, you know, stripped him of his gear and, um, tried to help him tow. And you could just see this progression of him kind of going downhill. He'd have to stop and throw up. Um, so he was, he was hurting pretty bad out there and he couldn't get any food in him, which, you know, that doesn't help when you have 138 miles of riding. So, um, he had like zero energy. So we stopped, I think about four times to let him rest and, um, which of course lets the rest of the team rest as well. Um, and so, you know, we ran into, uh, it's not like 7-Elevens on every corner out there. So (laughs) we, we did find one small market where we got him, um, you know, some sort of kind of like a ginger ale to kind of help get something in his stomach and, and see if he could keep it down. But he he really could not consume anything for that whole, I think our last section was 26 hours long, and he had probably about 100 calories. Wow. So he, uh, but you know, he, he just kept his head down and, and took the toe line, and, and all three of us, the other three of us just worked together to keep him moving. And could show a teamwork and how tough Garrett is that he, you know, he didn't complain and, and, you know, the thought of quitting never occurred. It was, um, it was just, how do we get him, you know, across the finish line without completely killing him? And, um, and even after he, he had two IVs after the race, um, to try and get him back to feeling better. And he still was, it, it took him over a day, I think, 
to even kind of come around. So, and I haven't spoken to him. He he left a day ahead of us, so I assume he's okay. But I haven't checked in with him yet. They haven't, they haven't hopefully, heard yeah. hopefully, he's back to normal. <laughs> but he was flying the whole day, and then we were flying the very next day. So, we kind of had two days of not being able to communicate with him. So, um, hopefully, uh, you know, he's finally feeling better. But kind of proves when you got to take two IVs after a race. <laughs> yeah, he, you uh, you put yourself out there. So. Um, but he did a great job and, you know, never, uh, like I said, he never gave up. And you hear stories afterwards of how many teams lost a teammate year there because they just couldn't, you know, get through it. But yeah. it wasn't really an option for Garrett, so which yeah. we thank him for. <laughs> cool. I think that's kind of, I mean, you guys really probably didn't even have to talk about it to know to, I mean, yeah, like he says, I'm feeling a little bad. That's for most of us, that's probably we should be in the hospital, but I mean, you're yeah. not you're not new to the team, but you kind of are. So, um, you've got I mean, you've got a history, so you know you kind of knew what was going on with him, right? Um, I've never raced with Garrett before. I've only raced against him, so okay. that was a new. And I had talked to Kyle. You know, I pulled him aside and said, "Hey, is this normal for Garrett? What do we need to do?" Because it is true. Like when you come into a team and you don't know everybody so well. Yeah. Um, you got to learn these things about him. So, you know, Kyle said he'd been, he's had an issue before, nothing this bad. So, but, you know, I know he's tough and, and we all knew, you know, he'd get through it. So it's just another part of the learning process of being with the team. But, you know, hopefully for Garrett's sake, he doesn't have to go through this again. And that was like a, you know, a one-time thing for him. And he can get things sorted out with his nutrition or whatever was going on there. Yeah. Well, you know, if you come in with any any weakness, I mean, you guys are, you know, you're at, you're at a world elite level now, and just it doesn't take much to throw a monkey wrench in it. Right, right. So, that's that's the wonderful thing about adventure racing, right? I mean, you can mm-hmm. come in as fit as possible and having the race of your life, and all it takes is, you know, somebody to all of a sudden get sick or, I mean, a bike mechanic or whatever. There's so many factors you can't control, yeah. but it's, it's all in how you deal with it. And um, I think, you know, that comes down to, you know, especially with the sickness, how yeah. tough is your teammate, right? Exactly. I mean, in Costa Rica, my teammate Roy broke his ribs the very first stage of the race, and the guy suffered through eight days of racing, know. you know. with, <laughs> You know, so <laughs> it all depends how bad they want it and, and what you can do to help, help your teammate and get them through it. Yeah. That's what makes this sport so great. You break your ribs on the first day, and by the time you finish, they're healed. <laughs> 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 or you need an extra three weeks that you wouldn't have needed had you uh, stopped right then and there on day one. <laughs> well, that's true. So, uh, it, people commenting were really amazed that um, the four of you work so good because you know, you know, I, I, I assume everybody here knows that Rob was new to the team too. So, yep. Um, would yeah, and I know he's. A really nice guy, so I can't imagine he's hard to get along with. But were were there any any issues with four? No. Let, let's say four new people. You know, not not that you're exactly new, but pretty much. Well, you know, we we put together. We did a 24 hour race in Virginia in April, and that was our first time meeting Rob, yeah. um, which was huge. I mean, it's not. It was a complete different. It was funny. It was a complete different Rob to race with. And we raced 24 hours with him when we're all just kind of trying to, you know, figure out personality. What what can you say without insulting someone, um, you know, and, and how, how chill is he or, and how much does he mesh with us? And, yeah. you know, after 24 hours of racing with him, I was like, wow, this is a perfect fit. And then, you know, racing with him in Africa, it was like we've been racing together for years. You know, we're all very comfortable with each other. Um and, and you can say whatever you want to say. You can call somebody out. You can take his advice. You can, you know, you, I had no problem trusting any sort of navigation move he was doing. Um, you know, it's just a simple, it's just kind of like little things that you, you know, learn. Like if had Rob been sick, you know, we, we don't know how to deal with that yet, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and just little things like, you know, some of the gear he uses is a, is a little different than what we use. So, um, you know, just, just small things, but for the most part, personality, you know, it was, it was, it was wonderful. It was like, we'd all been together for, you know, and had done several races together. Or, so I think, uh, I think it's a good team and I think we'll be ready for Ecuador. You know, we won't see Rob until then yeah. in November, but you know, there's no, there's no worry, um, that we won't, you know, fall yeah. back into place. Yeah. So we're, we'll jump around here, but since you mentioned Ecuador, I've talked to a bunch of people that are not, 
let's say not exactly happy with the altitude of the race what how i mean are you good at altitude it's gonna or do you not know um, I, I personally do fine. Okay. That was one of the reasons why I moved to actually live in Lake Tahoe. So, yeah. you know, I, I live at 7,500 feet and, you know, train anywhere up to 10,000 and don't have any issues. And I have noticed a difference definitely living in Tahoe for the past few years that, you know, I can go mm-hmm. off in the Alps and it usually takes my teammates maybe an extra day to get into the race, whereas I feel good from the go. Um, so, you know, and, and, and there's ways to train. Garrett and Kyle live nearby. They'll be able to come train with me. Um, I'm not quite sure what Rob's situation is. But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough. But all teams are basically going to be in the same boat with the exception of the locals. Yeah. I have a feeling this race, depending on how it goes, you know, you'll see a lot of locals up front early on just because they have no problem. Um, I think we'll also see a lot of teams coming to Ecuador, you know, two weeks early, a week early, so that they yeah. can get acclimated. But yeah, no doubt it's gonna definitely add another wrench to the to the you know to the whole race of how how people respond to it. Um, you yeah. know, and, and who knows? Years in the, in the past, I guess, um, Technique had raced in Ecuador, I think, two years ago, and they spent like over a day up above, I think, above twelve thousand yeah. feet. You know, the course took them up that high and then kept them there. Whereas if most races, you go up to a peak and you come down, and then, you know, you can kind of recover. But if, you know, this race takes us up and we stay up, that's where you can see some trouble happening because um, people just can't, you know, you're not used to, even myself, I mean, I have no yeah. idea um, how, you know, can I push hard above 12,000 feet yeah. for, you know, 20 hours. I don't know. Sure. But um, you can't really deal with that till you get there and hope, you know, just it's a matter of taking care of yourself. And I'm sure we'll try and get there a few days early too to, to adjust a bit. Get a little acclimated, yeah. So yeah. yeah. Well, cool. All right, let's go back to Africa. So um, just let's walk, let's walk through the race. Just you know, for people, I mean, people like to know what you guys were doing and what you were thinking and your strategy and and uh, how how hard was it for you guys to get out of out of the surf break the first day at the start. Um, I think we were pretty lucky. We had boats around us that seemed to know what they're doing. <laughs> there's definitely some new, you can definitely tell there's some new people out there that hadn't done too much in the surf. And there's, I mean, there's a lot of things you can't control. Those, those sit on top boats are so hard to deal with out in the surf. You can't really brace. You're so easy to fall out of. Um, at the last second, we threw a strap around the bow of the boat for me, basically, so that when I get hit by a wave in the front, I didn't fall off the boat, and which actually saved me. Felt <laughs> yeah. so, uh, we we got hit with a, a wave head on, and I didn't even feel the boat under me. I just felt the strap at my feet, kind of yeah. keeping me from shooting back and off the boat. So I think we, you know, we picked a good line. Rob was in the back with me. Kyle and Garrett got out exceptionally well. They, I think, they were the first out of the breaks. Yeah. Um, and you know, all the South Africans are good paddlers in the Kiwi, so they had no problem. Um, but looking at pictures later and stories later, I definitely, there's definitely some um, carnage out there. Um, but yeah, I think we kind of left out and we got out there, pushed hard through that. It was probably the hardest part of the race really was, um, you know, you're counting on a little bit of luck and just to paddle as hard as you can to get through those breakers. And then once we were out, you know, it was wonderful. And then, um, short paddle. And then next thing you know, we're surfing in and, Kyle and Garrett's boat pitch off on the left, and, we, <laughs> and there's nothing. You know, and then we caught a wave, and we rolled. And um, all I saw was Kyle somehow had um, drifted over to us. We kind of almost wiped him out, but uh, we uh, we definitely fell out of the boat a couple of times. And you just get back in and, and keep rolling. So um, it could have been a lot worse, but we were, you know, we lucked out and we we got through it, and uh, no problems there. I think it was a good move on the race director's part that we didn't have to have any gear with us on the paddle. So, you know, you have to worry about losing a backpack or losing anything out in the surf, which is helpful. So, um, very very little to deal with. Yeah, exactly. And nice, you know, nice way to split, split you guys up a little bit. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, And it added a little bit of fun. We don't usually get to do, you know, surf entries and exits. We're usually paddling in a, you know, a reservoir or a river or something. So it's it been a while since I've been in a, you know, a good surf break like that. So kind of, kind of added to a little bit of fun to kick off the race. So, yeah. but I'll, you know, I won't deny it. I was very happy to be on shore <laughs> <laughs> when, when we got off the boats and switched to the river. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. So then, uh, let's see, then we, 
Then what? Did, then what was next? Then we continued on. Basically, we got off the ocean and we had to go. Um, you just cross a little. We had to portage our boats, maybe about 100 meters, to a river that was. Um, I don't think it actually spilled into the ocean. I think it was just kind of like a sandbar we crossed. Um, and then we had to stop at checkpoint one, was where our backpacks were waiting for us. And unfortunately, we had forgotten to pick up our GPS tracking unit, so we grabbed our packs and started paddling up the river. And um, luckily, Rob remembered or, or yeah. brought up the discussion, and so we were 15 minutes down the river, um, and we realized, crap, we have to go back and pick up our tracker. So we turned around, and lots and lots of teams were coming down the river, but there's nothing you can do, and, you know, we just kind of bit our lip and tried not to curse too much and yeah. got back and grabbed our tracker, flipped the boats around, and went back after it. Um then we got out and had a short trek. I think it was about maybe about four hours, three, four hours. No, I think it was only two and a half hours. And in that time, we actually managed to catch everybody that had passed us with our little mistake there. So that was nice and made us feel a little bit better. We pushed hard and, and got back to the boats. And then um, we had a, basically another short paddle just to get back to checkpoint one actually and then we took off for basically where the race kind of started which was the first big trek and i'm drawing a blank right now how long it took us i want to say about um oh it was back to back with a canyoneering leg so i believe it took us about 20 22 hours to complete um big trek and that's where we um made up again we pushed hard and made up good grounds and got into the top three um by that you know at that point yeah. We caught Silva and Merrill and saw the lights of Seagate and Painted Wolf were down below us. So kind of yeah. gave us that extra drive to, you know, our little screw up in the beginning. Um, as painful as it was, we uh, were back in the mix and yeah. I'm back with the top team. So that was good. Yeah. So how was the canyoneering? There's, apparently there uh, were some teams that had a lot of trouble. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we've, we've, I think our team is experienced enough that it's not a big, you know, we can get through the canyon. We actually did a lot of time. Um, we did some bushwhacking. We'd leave the canyon and kind of stay above some of the big boulders and the big pools to avoid, you know, the slow, the slowness of trying to find a route, a yeah. safe route through there, where it was, you know, as tough as some of the bushwhacking was, it, you know, I think it was a little faster. In fact, Silva was with us at that point, and I think they had some trouble because they, they took the low road and stayed in the canyon, and um, we kind of went around some of the big drops. Um, but it was beautiful, and, um, you know, you're slipping and sliding and nailing your shin and <laughs> cursing and get through it. But um, it, I don't know. I think we had a good time. It was definitely slow moving. Um, but we got through it, and it, and I think, uh, let's see, we met up with Painted Wolf in there. So, but otherwise, you know, it's pretty uneventful through the canyon for us. We I think we got through it in five or six hours. I don't really remember, but yeah, I heard there were some teams that had had some trouble. But I guess we have enough. You know, we've all done enough canyoneering that it wasn't a big deal to yeah. get around the rocks and get through it. Yeah, I think the water a... was pretty refreshing, so it was kind of nice. Yeah, was it was it really hot for the whole race? You know, I was expecting it to be, but it really wasn't. Um, I didn't think it was hot. We had a couple of, you know, in the middle of the day, it'd get warm. Yeah. Um, but there was no, the heat was never an issue for us. Okay. Um, or we'd get a little swim. We had a lot of little river crossings, you know, so kind of cool you off. Yeah. How about at night? Did it get, I mean, you, and I, you know, you look at the pictures and you see people sweating and, you know, which they do all the time. So you kind of don't get a, a real feeling if it was hot, cold, or what it was. Yeah, you know, I think it was actually pretty good race conditions where, you know, you it was definitely warm, but I didn't think it was too terrible. And, and like, at night, you know, um, even riding, you know, at night trekking, it was fantastic. You, mm-hmm. you know, you get a breeze and you're fine in shorts and, a, you know, a T-shirt. But um, the, the riding at night, if you drop low, kind of down near the creek beds, that's where you get a little cold. But, you know, mm-hmm. and then you climb immediately. And the other thing about Africa is there's, you know, we that corner we were at wasn't any, you know, we didn't have any gigantic climbs where you're climbing for like, you know, over an hour and then you, you know, then you're descending for a long time where you really freeze. It was very up and down. We definitely did a lot of climbing, but there was nothing, you know, you climb for like 10 minutes and then you, you know, bomb a hill. Yeah. yeah. So those temperature fluxes didn't really happen for us out there, which is kind of nice. So, yeah. Well, yeah, that's what, I mean, that's what people said. Yeah. It was just constantly up and down and up and down. Yeah. 
what how was what was the nav like how hard was it were the you know was it the there are no roads on the map or every road in the world's on the map and none of them are um, on the ground or <laughs> you know i didn't i didn't i don't didn't do much with it we just kind of let rob take the reins there yeah. um there was it, it was amazing that there were so many um it just seemed like a cattle path or what we would call like a deer track i mean mm-hmm. they're everywhere everywhere you look um the locals know them very well every once we'd run into a, you know we'd come past a hut and there, you know, there'd be some a family sitting there, and you know, they'd want to take us. <laughs> they'd want to show us the way. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, it, it seemed like there was a lot of route options um, because of the number of paths where you can, you know, maybe cut through one and take a ridge line, or, or you know, cut through the middle or something. Um, Rob seemed to have no problem, you know, using his maps and navigating through there. So um, I think we did pretty well with the nav. But it's kind of like every once in a while he'd make the comment that this trail isn't on the map, you know, but we're going to try it. It's going in the right direction, so let's just go for it. And they all kind of intertwine and meet back up. So as long as he could, you know, keep an eye of of direction and and distance, um, he seemed to have no trouble, you know, picking picking a route and going where we needed to go, which is nice. So it sounds to me like um, the team hasn't suffered with with Bob's uh, hiatus in the navigation department <laughs> no you know it's, i i never worked with bob i had heard good things and of yeah. course i raced against him but um no according to kyle that you know rob's pretty equivalent so which is good and yeah. that's a good you know i think we'll be all right so. on that standpoint which is which is you know okay always kind of the key piece of the puzzle for a successful race yeah well i don't know exactly how these are going in order but i'm actually talking to bob tomorrow so I'll tell him you t- that you missed him. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, so cool. So was here's um what what was the best part and and you're not allowed to say the finish. <laughs> uh, like the best part in what aspect? Like of where, the where did, part okay, of what we liked. What where did you have the most fun? Oh, the first. We had basically two bike rides. So the first bike, of course, because Garrett was feeling well, we actually had some really fun single track. Um, you know, there's it's funny. We get on these farm roads and you're dodging goats and pigs and horses. And <laughs> there was a lot of entertainment out on the road. We had we were neck and neck with Silva, which was good, um, which is always fun to have a little you know competition to keep you driving. You know, right right there at that moment, um, we took an hour sleep on that bike as well, which I think worked marvelous. We we stopped kind of near a checkpoint so we could keep an eye on, you know, any other teams around us. And um, so I think our sleep was a good strategy right there. And um, But, yeah, I don't know. We popped up, and it was just some fun riding on that on that course. So, well, cool. So, well, it sounded, I mean, you had a great race, and it sounded really fun. So, you know, what more yeah. do you want, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah the, those race directors, Heidi and Stefan, are fantastic. They do a really good job. I definitely would recommend that race to anyone, and I'd love to go back there. It was it was a good good place to race. So cool. So let's um let's just chat a little bit about worlds, just because I'm kind of you know been kind of curious about everybody's experience, and and uh, then we'll then we'll move on a little bit. But what did did you enjoy worlds in Costa Rica? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, there. You know, you look back now, and I say yes. I'm sure there are moments out there where I was like, "Oh my gosh, what are we doing?" Yeah. But um, I definitely that was definitely the longest race I've ever done. I think that is the case for probably most people. Yeah. Um, probably the sorest my feet have ever been. There's nothing like having, you know, basically feeling like you have sandpaper rubbing on your feet for you know seven days. Um, but for like for my team bones, it was such a um, mainly due to Roy. I mean, it was just every, we just took it piece by piece. Every section we could get through with him and, and his ribs was just amazing. Yeah. And it just kind of kept driving us, um, forward. I'd say the most miserable part was the, I think we had like a 19 hour paddle, our last paddle yeah. in those, you know, crappy inflatable boats. <laughs> I'd, I'd say that would be my only complaint is why yeah. we were in those boats for yeah. flat water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, um, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I had raced in Costa Rica the year before and wasn't that thrilled about it. Um, this, you know, Worlds gave you an opportunity to see, 
you know, I, I think we saw a better part of the country. Well, we saw most of the country, right? Yeah, we went border exactly. to border, coast to coast, and it just really showed what Costa Rica has to offer, um, you know, from amazing white water to, you know, crazy jungle trekking. But, yeah, looking back now, of course, I say, you know, the adventure race or short-term memory. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I would <laughs> but, think... um, I can see the complaints. I can see how there were some complaints. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's, it's we uh, we haven't had really a race like that ever. So it was, it was you know, for world championships, it was that, I don't know, it kind of weaned. It kind of, you could see who was out there and who was tough and yeah. who could survive it. And that's what, you know, adventure racing has really become about. So I thought it was great. Yeah. But I'd be happy if I didn't have to do another, you know, eight-day race. I'm, I'm okay with that, but. <laughs> yeah. That's a um, long day. So, okay, I got to know this, though. Did ever during the race somebody say something like, oh, my feet hurt, and Roy just looked at him and pointed to his ribs? <laughs> <laughs> I think because of that, all of us didn't say anything. Like, I felt bad. I felt like I couldn't complain about anything because I knew he was in, you know, so much worse shape yeah. <laughs> so no i think we were all kind of kept our aches and pains to ourselves yeah, because yeah. of you know we were inspired by roy and and uh you know a, we hear an occasional grunt come out of him but for the most part the, you know he was quiet yeah. i did go through the most ibuprofen i've ever used in a race so i will say that <laughs> well, that says something yeah so, so how did how did you become an adventure racer um, you know, I was running track post-collegiately and I was kind of getting bored with running in circles and, yeah. um, I was getting injured so much from just running, running, running that I spent so much time on the bike. And then, um, one of my friends had, you know, we were watching the last eco challenge on TV and I was like, wow, I really want to try that. And, um, you know, the, the girl, my, one of my track teammates, she said, my boyfriend does that. He'll take you on a race. And, um, we did a little four hour sprint together and, that's all it took. I don't think I even thought again about, you know, running track. I basically kind of hung up my track spikes a year later and, um, and, and kept with the adventure racing because it just, it just felt like the right thing to do. Yeah, so, so we're, I mean, what, what level were you at? Just cause my curiosity is some racers have come from a very elite level and some, well, like Kyle have come from being a, an outdoors person. So, I mean, were you a good runner? Oh yeah, you mean like from from my track career yeah. standpoint? Yeah, yeah. Um, I I had a pretty successful career. I couldn't quite make it to that next level. Yeah. I was kind of in the in between where you know I was ranked twelfth in the country. I had a fifth place finish at the national championships um, and raced at nationals every year. I you know I had missed the Olympic trials by seven hundredths of a second. Mm-hmm. So it was just, I was just on that edge all the time and, um, between injuries and, and just mental boredom, I just couldn't get myself to that next yeah. step. Um, so it was kind of, you know, I had to, I, I, I couldn't imagine not being able to compete, you know, and, and give that up. So I just found that, you know, adventure racing was, just was a great career change for me, um, where I had no problem moving on from track. A lot of them, you know, a lot of my track teammates, it's hard when you finally realize that point where you, it's time to retire and move on um, because you basically go from, you know, competing and, and training every day to nothing, whereas I had a new something else to, you know, put my heart and soul in. And mm-hmm. so it wasn't, it was pretty easy to make the switch and, and throw myself into that. Yeah. So, all right, I'm going to put you in the elite category. <laughs> for coming. So um, for training now, are you uh for lack of a better term, are you a trainer or are you a goer outer endurer? <laughs> How's that for a word? I mean, do you, do you do specific training or are you just, is it just the lifestyle? It's just the lifestyle. I think, you know, after being told by a coach, my track coach from, you know, high school through five years of college through five years post-collegiately. Mm-hmm. I think after that point I was done, you know, I was done being told what to do. Um, and I, I just kind of like getting up and, you know, starting my day and deciding, Hey, you know, my legs are a little sore today, so let's just stay on the bike and paddle or, you know, or, you know, what is beautiful today, let's do this. Or, you know, I just kind of go with it. Um, and depending on what race is coming up or, you know, if I have someone to train with that day, um, I definitely am not a planner (laughs) for my training and it's, you know, so far it's working and it, you know, 
I, I don't know. It works for me. Some people need a little more structure, but I think I just, you know, trained so much with structure in the past that it's it's just kind of nice to to go out and, and do what I have, you know, how I'm feeling that day. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I understand that. I I keep forgetting how many years I was on the bike, and there was a lot of years that, you know, I sat down in January and wrote out a training schedule for the whole year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. no, and you know, and and that works for some people, or you're like you, if it worked for a while, and then you're kind of like, I don't need to do that anymore. Yep. Um, yeah. I've gotten to the point at this point in my life where I know my body so well, what you know, what I need. That um, I, I'm, I don't know. I feel pretty confident. Um, yeah. just kind of going out on my own and and seeing how the seeing how the day goes. I guess. Yeah, I, I, there's something to it. Although I will say, you know, Paulette. She'll come to me on Friday night and says, "Okay, what should I do this weekend?" And I'm just, you know, I say, "Okay, well, go six, go six tomorrow and seven on Sunday." And 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 she likes that because she knows that's what she needs to do. But uh-huh. it's, but it's easier when somebody else tells you sometimes. Yes, <laughs> yes, and there, I, I, there's no denying that. I mean, there's definitely been some days where it's hard to, you know, hard to motivate where you're just like, oh, yeah. you kind of wish you had, you know, maybe something written down, but. Um, you know, even within the week, maybe I kind of plan, maybe without really realizing it, like, hey, I'm going to get a, you know, good long run in today because I'll make sure I ride tomorrow or something, yeah. but, yeah. um, works, so, seems to yeah. work for me, so. So, so after you did the first four-hour sprint race, how long before you, I mean, how quickly did you start, you know, 24, you know, they move up to the expedition? Um, I'd say I spent the first year probably only doing sprint races at that time. Um, the Bay Area actually had two race companies that were putting on races pretty frequently. Hmm. So I think I did like five or six races within the, you know, between the summer and the fall um, that, you know, they're all three to six hours long. Um, I just remember I'd come back from a little weekend six-hour race and my legs would be all scratched up um and my coach my track coach would be like mary what were you doing because <laughs> I, I didn't want to tell him he would have been really mad knowing uh, i was uh, kind of doing two things um i'd be like oh i got lost hiking <laughs> but i'd say it took over maybe over a year until i fully dropped track um when i did a 24-hour race um I think I did one, maybe two 24-hour races before I did my first three-day race down in Baja. So, um, so uh, you know, I wasn't really on a consistent team at the time. I was just yeah. kind of trying to find what I could do. Yeah. Um, you know, I've heard about the Baja races, but not a lot. What were what were they like? Some of those down um, there. You know, I did. I did the last two years. I had put them on. Um, and, you know, the first year I did it was the the infamous one with the Pacific um, Pacific Ocean paddle with the swells and, you know, yeah. the Mexican Navy rescuing people. And it's kind of funny ever since that race, that's actually kind of my guide to what I'm scared of. And, you know, I was one of four boats that survived that day wow. and um, didn't need to rescue. And, um, you know, even looking at when we're looking at the breakers in Africa there, I wasn't even like, I was like, yeah, that's nothing. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, until you get out in 12 foot swells, um, you know, that's when things get scary and you yeah. don't really want to be out there. But, um, you know, the race itself and the design was, I mean, it was amazing, you know, to traverse the peninsula. Um, definitely, definitely a tough race, but, you know, any race that you got to, two adventure racers that have, you know, raced all over the world, you know, you're gonna, you know, yeah. you're in for something. Yeah. Um, but no, I thought they were great. Yeah. It was a great but, place yeah. down there to race. So that's, I mean, that's, I find that that's kind of cool. I'm, I'm, and now I'm going to steal that from other people, but so that's your touchstone. So it's like, okay, it's not as scary as Baja. So yeah. What, yeah. what do you think you would do if you were in a race and you said, uh Oh, this is worse. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I hope I don't ever have to come to that, you know, I'm, um, I think that, oh, geez, I don't even know. I, I, I hope that's never, ever a problem again. You know, I, I, cause that was just, it wasn't safe to be out there. It was out of, you know, it wasn't yeah. the fault of the race directors. This storm came out of nowhere. Um, yeah. they did their best to get our help, get everybody help. I think there's a lot of everybody you know, we were very lucky that yeah. nobody actually got hurt. A lot of boats were sunk and lost and gear lost, but, yeah. you know, 
actual racers were all safe and sound and on shore eventually, you know. Um, So I I really hope I never have to come to that and go, wow, (laughs) (laughs) this is this is worse. I don't think we should go in this. Um, I mean, mean, it's a good thing to know, though. I mean, oh, it is. You, You definitely have these, you know. Even Costa Rica now, like, I know I can survive, uh, you know, 20-some hours of paddling. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's painful, it stinks, but now you look at a race and you're like, oh, what, we only have an eight-hour paddle? Like, no big deal, you know? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Which in the past, that used to be like, what? That's too much. Yeah. Um, so it's just funny. The more, the more races you do and the more sections where it's brutal, it kind of, you know, once you survive them, they kind of help you put other things in perspective of, like, Oh, I can, this is no problem. I can do this. I've done this before 10 times worse, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you know, whitewater rafting in class five by myself. Yeah. We did that without a guide and we have a guide this time. Oh shoot. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, huh. so yeah, it's all, it's all kind of relative to, to what you've done in the past. Yeah. That's interesting. So, um, here's what I, a question I like to ask people. It's two part. What is your favorite six hours of any race ever? And then, and then, what's your worst six hours? Ooh, that's tough. Favorite six hours. I got a lot of those. <laughs> um, I really, I guess, off the top of my head, I'd say there was. Um, we did a great in one of the Moab um, races. I think it was only a twenty-four hour race, but we had a bike section at night um, on the. I think it was the Spider Trail, just slick rock and um, fast. And um, it was at night, and we just, I don't know, we just had a blast out there. I don't even think we were racing that well at that moment, but um, it was just some fun. It was just kind of, you kind of forgot you were in a race. You were just enjoying mountain biking because, you know, very rarely do we get really fun single track for that long of time. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'd say that would definitely rate rate up there. So, and we'll assume, we'll assume the 12-foot swells are probably the worst six hours. Uh, yes, I would say yes. <laughs> so, I think we already answered that question. So, um, so I sort of know what's coming up. I know you're going to be in, in Maine in uh, two weeks. Yep. How do you think you're, I mean, obviously you know your body's probably going to be okay, but you, what, you think it's going to be a lot of fun or are you going to suffer? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, I. it's funny, after this race, I mean, one it was fast. It was, it was a tough race by, you know, but it was only, you know, it was only three and a half days. Yeah. You know, I guess we were just shy of four days. So I have a, I think I can recover fast. And actually after this race, I mean, the very next day I felt like I could have gone for a run. Yeah. Um, but you know, my feet is, even though they are wet, I feel like for four days, they somehow my feet were actually pretty good. Maybe it's finally kicking in that they're finally starting to toughen up. That's my one worry when you do back to back, you know, races is, you know, if you're, if you got blister problems or, um, or if your feet get beat up, it's, it's kind of hard to, to rally and, and come back out and do it again. But, um, I don't know. My, I feel really good and, and it also helps switching to another team. Yeah. Um, I'll be with Dart Noon and those guys are a lot of fun. We'll have a good time out there. Yeah. Um, cause another problem going back to back expeditions is sleep. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas I can guarantee you those guys will keep me entertained if I, <laughs> so, who, <laughs> if I start to get a little yeah. sleepy out there. We'll be fine. We'll have a good time. Yeah. And they'll push hard, and, and I think it'll be good. It'll be a good race. Yeah. So who are you racing with? Um, Matt Hayes, Ryan Van Gorder, and Ryan Ogdenbaney. Okay. So, yep. I, I, let's see. Yeah, I know, I know those guys. More or less, yeah. you know how it They've is. They've been you, around a bit. Yeah, it's getting to the point where everybody knows everybody, right? Yep. Which yep. is we're a good, good family. That's um, that's I think what my favorite part of it is, is going yeah. and being you know seeing everybody and 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 it is like kind of like a family. So yeah, kind of cool. and I, I've even learning now. I've I feel like I've raced at enough international races in the past couple of years. It's kind of fun. Um, getting to know, you know, some of the other teammates or the other people you race against. Um, you know, even after Africa, there was five of us that went on the jungle safari trip. Um, we had two people from Seagate, one from Merrill and then Kyle and I, and it was Mm -hmm. just kind of fun to spend the day with, you know, three people that you normally just maybe say, hi, hello, how was your race kind of conversation to, you know, we're 
watching elephants together. <laughs> yeah, that would be, yeah. And, and hanging out, you know, having lunch and, and you know, just, just relaxing. So it's it's fun getting to know other racers for sure. And there's definitely some familiarity, you know, the more you race. Yeah. It's always the same, same few people. Exactly. So do you have anything else in until Worlds or? Um... Not those are basically the big ones would be yeah. untamed and then worlds. There's a, a couple of you know smaller. Um, there might be a. I'll probably jump in national. Well, I will jump in nationals. Um, USARA 24 hour nationals are in I believe September this year. Yeah, up and um, I'll do that and I'm going to race that with Dart. Okay. Um, and then yeah, there's a couple other. You know, there's I'd like to jump in a mountain bike racer too. I'm just kind of you know. Basically, uh, these last once I wanted to get through Africa and Untamed, those are my two biggies this this mm. so far. And then you know I kind of get a little break in July, um, and then I'll jump in some smaller races just to just just kind of stay tuned and get some hard workouts in essentially. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, World is definitely the next big one for sure. Well, I can get you a uh, pacer job at the Tahoe Two Hundred if you if you want. So. If, if you want, if you oh, want. Oh yeah, to, that's a new one. That's a new one this year, right? Yeah, I'm. Paulette's running it, and I'm going to come out and shoot it. So. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. So you can come pace her for fifty miles. Oh, uh, I'll keep that in mind. I'll have to see if I'm even around. Yeah. Yeah, it's like. Uh, yeah, let me know. Yeah, Labor Day weekend in that that time, okay. September fifth. Okay. She starts the two hundred mile race on her birthday. So. Yeah, oh, that's a good way to start your birthday. Yeah, you know how we were talking that, you know. We don't think things are very long. That's the way yeah. she looks at it. You know, all these people are thinking, God, it's 200 miles. And she's looking at it. It's like, well, yeah, but you don't have to carry everything. And it's on a trail and it's marked. And yeah. It's, I mean, how hard can that be? Yeah. It's going to be beautiful. She'll love it. Yeah. that's that's. We're looking forward to it. So um, I think I've had a good conversation. I don't know about you. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> so... Let's uh, we'll wrap it up. I'm gonna say uh, I'll get to see you in a couple of weeks. Well, that'll be fun. Um, sounds like yes. Yeah, so you're gonna you're gonna you're, you said you're gonna be out filming Untamed. Is yep. That what you said? Yep. I'm okay. Be there. Yeah. So, uh, when you see the seaplane fly over at the start, wave to me because I get to I get to do I get <laughs> oh, to shoot. Oh, you got a good spot. Yeah, it's really pretty cool doing that. So, um, all right, I'm gonna tell everybody to uh, go fast, take chances. Thanks, Mary. And, um, sure thing. Why don't you get like a couple of good nights sleep and then go train hard? I think that sounds pretty good. I'm hoping to get out on the bike today. Okay. I just gotta unpack it. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Well, thanks for talking to us. Thanks. All right. We'll talk to you later. Oh, all right. Um, sounds good. Thanks, Ryan. All right. Bye. Bye. Okay. Now, you have to do some work. Everybody clap your hands. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Wait a minute, I'm not ready. Okay, I'm ready. Wait a minute, I'm not ready yet. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, I'm ready. He's ready now. Okay. Everybody, clap your hands. Stand up.
Mike? 